0: You're listening to Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince. Every two weeks, they give their thoughts on movies, TV, and anime.
1: Our plot was hatched to evacuate thousands of Ethiopian Jews from Sudan to Israel by way of a fake resort on a coastal beach. Ethiopian rebels groups worked with Israeli Mossad agents to pull it off, saving countless lives. It's a harrowing tale that most agree deserves a serious retelling, staying as close to reality as possible, as even that reality is hard to believe at points. Red Sea Diving Resort, written and directed by Gideon Raff, known for Prisoners of War, Homeland, and Dig, is what we got. And while the crit- critics carved into it like a holiday turkey, audiences by and large have voted the film far less harshly. Ralph, himself a Jew from Israel, felt it important to convey the importance of the Ethiopian rebels. However, it cannot be overstated how jarring it is at times to see so much attention instead given to the entirely white Mossad crew who appear to be doing all of the saving. In one instance, Chris Evans channeling his inner Captain America to save a small boy from a certain death. And that's not the only place where the film falters. And yet, there's still a lot of good in it. I just feel that it's important to address the bad as well. Now this is going to be interesting because I suggested the film to you figuring for if nothing else it'll make for an interesting conversation but I have no idea what you thought of the film. So why don't you why don't we start with that? I thought it was it was
0: alright. Like I I feel it was two better movies that were kind of squashed together to make one that didn't quite live up to either side of what they were trying to do
1: what do you mean like the on the ground what was going on with the ethiopian jews trying to get out and then the the other side being the massad agents and their help
0: i mean, more to the point of doing like the serious like you know spy thriller almost of them you know smuggling these people out and dealing with uh the, the, the locals and all that like that would have been like a really interesting tense thriller action movie and then like the the weird slice of life bit with the with the, the resort I, could have been like an entertaining movie of like telling you know the the actual story of they were legitimately running a hotel at the same time as they were they were carrying all this off but the the switches back and forth and the tonal shifts just didn't sit right
1: and that's one of the things that I had a huge issue with as well because, again, this is, this is, what they went through is is horrific and horrible. Like, I mean, their lives were worth nothing and they were shot as if it was nothing with more care towards how much the bullets would have cost than the human life in some situations. So, when you know that going into this... um. You want there to be reverence for that in the film. And the film starts off with the Mossad agents trying to rescue a, a bunch of people, and that's where you get, again, him. Nobody gets left behind, which is such a trope line, but fine, whatever, you can roll your eyes and keep going with it. And you see the the trek that they're taking to, to bring these people to somewhere where they, they'd be some measure of safety for them kind of thing, but it's, again, it's a harrowing trip and it takes them a long time and bad, bad things happen. And at that point, when you're watching, at least for myself, it's kind of an interesting situation where you are seeing, again, the white people saving the black people. And yes, there, there's some people on the ground, much like the, uh, the character that Michael Kenneth William plays the, uh, what is it? Kabaddi? Kab- Kabidi. Kabidi yeah. something. Bimrow. Who I I felt should have had his own oh, movie. Oh, God. He, he should have been the star of the film. Let's mm-hmm. be very honest in it. That that goes without saying. He should have been the star of this film. And also, again, that would have also put more importance on, on the fact that they did a lot more than was displayed here in the film. Because in the film, it is very much the the Mossad agents are the saviors here. And one of the other reasons why I wanted to to talk, uh, actually, give me a second. I'm going to go back to my other point that I was trying to make. (laughs) You have these, these again, right from the get go, these moments where you, you, you appreciate the stakes here. Um, not as much as, say, our example last week of A Quiet Place, of the, the the son being killed like that at the beginning. That, you know, the stakes. This, the boy gets saved by Chris Evans. But you do, do you see what is going on by those militia, militia groups going around and, and slaughtering people and burning villages and everything. So again, it's very clear. And we're not fools. We know what has happened in those parts of the world and so we we know this is v- exceptionally dangerous. So then when you have those moments with the resort later on, it is so unbelievably jarring that shift to comedic moments that it doesn't fit. And and it's I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to insert some levity here and there so that the audience is not, you know, taken on this Horrific trip for two hours long. That there's moments where they can, okay, relax and relax your shoulders a little bit and remember there's some, there's, there, there is still joy in humanity and it's not all this. But the problem remains that it's such a serious topic that really a Duran Duran song doesn't fit (laughs) in this type of film. So that to me was a, a, a lot of the issues that I had with it was the, the, that it was almost as if it didn't know what type of film it wanted to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then it was even more like bizarre with, when you look at the cast of the film, like, you know, Ben Kingsley was in this movie, but doing what? Like it's, it's so weird that they got big name actors for small roles. And most of the main cast aside from Chris Evans, I had never really seen it, anything before i didn't recognize their names
1: the only one that i recognized was dude in the speedo was the guy from um, haunted hill uh, house on haunted hill
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was like a couple of those guys it yeah, was, uh, it, was like, it was almost uh, Jennifer lawrence kind of gerard butler <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> well as was said most of their budget went to chris evans obviously so yeah. and, and and i don't want to sound like i don't like him as an actor either not just as Captain America. And it's not that I only see Captain America when I see him either. Um, it was an iconic role, certainly, and it'll take a while to shake that a little bit. But I've seen him in other stuff that I can I I don't just hang on to the Captain America. You know, like we've seen him be a horrible Johnny Storm, you know. So it's like, <laughs> you're not losing that there, buddy. Like you we know where you came from. They weren't all great, but there were certainly some. I like him as an actor. But I I think that they should have saved a lot of money, got somebody else in the role, and did a lot more uh, focusing on the people on the ground and not and by that I mean the the, uh, the Ethiopian rebels and not just the Mossad agents. But that's where we get to the the the, the fact that again this was directed by a Israeli director written and directed by Gideon Raff. So it. I can see why he would want to put that slant on it, but there's points where you're like, again, going back to films that we've talked about on the show, the propaganda of the Wolf Warrior shows kind of thing and the slant they put on it. And this here, you're going, it's, it's just leaning a little too much into that. And, and while some critics say it leans way too much, I'm willing to say not be quite as harsh, certainly there are points where you're like this just doesn't freaking work for me
0: i mean it comes across a little less egregious when you're you know doing an interpretation of actual historical events instead of just coming up with weird you know viruses and crazy stuff that we saw in wolf warrior so yeah that that was definitely present especially given the current global climate towards the nation of israel but it it didn't feel quite as gross at, at least
1: well see for me because of like things that are going on with with Ethiopian Jews now in Israel um, some of this kind of smacks of trying to say no 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 we're, mm-hmm. you're you're here because we brought you here we helped you we saved you and, and brought you here and that's where it kind of for me again you you're you're no longer dancing on the line. You're you're crossing it, in my opinion, and it's not it's not as egregious as what could have been and things like that. But certainly, it, it was one of those where, damn, I really wish you kind of would have handled this a little bit differently because the story, in and of itself, if you read up, because it's based on actual operations, it was Operation Moses and Operation Joshua, which were known as Operation Brothers, I believe. Yes. Um, yeah. And this happened like in 84 and 85, they actually rented out this, this place, leased this place or bought it in the film. They leased it. I can't remember. If they bought it in, in reality. Um, it was actually called, what was it? Aris, Aris holiday village. And they did this, this happened like some measure of this, let's say. Okay. Um, and because you go into this, Knowing that some of this is based on reality, it's so—it's such a bizarre thing. At least, again, for, for for me watching that you're thinking, try to make sure that everything else is really tight, really believable, really well done, so that the ridiculousness kinda of is one of those i can't believe this worked i can't believe they did this you know that that they that they allowed real tourists <laughs> into this <laughs> this project that was going on to to evacuate these ethiopian jews so like it's 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 just that those other moments weren't don't feel or don't seem to be as authentic as they should have been. And yeah. the parts with the, the ridiculous were handled with a little bit too much brevity to then kind of make it even a little bit harder to not to believe in because it happened. You know that, but to invest yourself in to get sucked in and, and, and lose yourself in the story. Does that that makes sense? Right.
0: Yeah. Like I didn't, feel a connection as a viewer to any of the main cast. Like, aside from uh Kabidi, like, he was the only character I really cared about. The rest of them were just kind of there. And I think a lot of that has to do with just how irreverent so many of their scenes were.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because once he gets his crew together, because this is where the the, the fictionalized character of Chris Evans, um Ari Levinson, he is the one that in the film comes up with the idea to do this, to lease the Red Sea Diving Resort so that they can do this operation. And it's presented higher up and higher up in the Israeli military and eventually greenlit and and they do it. And then he puts together his crew, international crew of Mossad agents. That kind of was like trying to be a Tom Clancy film at one point, which I, I really wasn't digging myself. I don't think it even came close to reaching that, that level. But that's what I think they were going for. You know what I mean?
0: I, I, it felt almost more like Ocean's Eleven to me.
1: Yeah, well, this is true, too. And so he's, uh, he's putting together this crew, and you get this little montage scene with each of them, but yeah, nothing really that spectacular that you are invested in the characters either. So it's not just that it's throughout the film you really don't, see much about them, it's that from the get-go, you really aren't given much to latch on to so that you can care about them later on. Because from beginning to end, this is a Chris Evans show. This is all about the character of Aerie. Like, all about him. And and they, they even kind of joke about it at times of you're being reckless and you you don't care about anybody else and, and this and that. And you're taking chances that you shouldn't have. And in the same way that I hate it when somebody does a bad parody of something, but they're just as racist or sexist or misogynistic or whatever, but then try to play it off as, oh, but it's a parody. No, you're, you're trying to get laughs on the same jokes that they're doing. Here it was that same kind of thing for me in terms of the... You're, you're trying to... You're trying to say exactly what is being demonstrated in the film, that he doesn't care. But you're trying to be self-referential about it, which doesn't work for me again as a plot device. And so there are are points where his character, again, as much as I like him as as an actor, is just not likable and is just annoying as well and, and just kind of grates against you.
0: I mean, he was essentially just a walking collection of tropes. Like you said, with the whole, oh, you're reckless, but like even, you know, no no one gets left behind. It was like, uh, it just kept going of, like... It could have been literally anybody in that role and would have done just as well.
1: I think better. Because I think what would have happened is that they would have spent less time on him and more time mm-hmm. on other characters, and I think that's what the movie needs.
0: Like, so much was made of, like, the, the, the conflict between him and Sammy, and it it never felt authentic and no, like even once it was resolved i was like what what was the point of any of it
1: well i mean again there were hell there's scenes with him shirtless where you're going well that that was just put in so that he could show off he's still got his captain america bod <laughs> like there there was there's no point to this like you're like i get it you're eye candy for women that's fine there's plenty of movies with eye candy for men but uh well that was actually I shouldn't say that. It was eye candy for whoever wants it to be eye candy. Um, but yeah, there's scenes throughout here and there where you're like, why is this here? Like what this was just for a laugh, but look at what the film is about. Like, do we really need that? And you get that with some of like when they arrive at the the, the resort and they're going to start working on getting it set up and the Germans showed up and that might be the maybe the one thing that I would keep in the one moment of brevity is of mm-hmm. course it's Germans they, they'll go anywhere and just do anything and so you have that one little bit and it kind of it, it it keeps working towards this idea of using the tourists as cover as well which is again batshit crazy but I mean I don't know how much of that was occurred in reality but it's from what I've seen thus far, it appears that that's kind of what they were doing as well.
0: As, as I read in certain articles, apparently at one point the operation was turning a profit. <laughs> uh, I think it was in an interview Gideon Raff was giving based on his research.
1: That's funny. So, and then he has to deal with uh, a Sudanese colonel as well, Ahmed. And you want to talk about... Uh, again, a collection of tropes as much as I like the actor whose name, Chris Chalk. Uh, I love that actor. But this role was, once again, just a I'm going to be the the very idea of what you think an African warlord kind of character is. To, to the point of even when he's playing his double neck guitar, you're going, <laughs> oh, for fuck's sakes. Like, it, it was... I, I adored what they did with um, Bimro. Not nearly enough of him, but I liked. I liked the tired conviction, the exhausted conviction that he's not going to give up, and that these are his people, and things like that. And it was always authentic when you saw him. Whereas I found that this Colonel Ahmed was like, eh, yeah, no, I I know who you are as a character. We we all do. And the moment that Evans put a knife to your neck, you would not have just gotten the butt of a gun to his yeah. his neck. You would have been murderized.
0: I, I, as much as the character, like you said, is again just another walking trope. I did really enjoy Chalk's performance in a lot of the scenes. Like in the the more serious scenes he was involved in, I I think he gave a certain air of menace that lent itself, like, beyond what the character was written. I'm I, i I'm not saying, again, it was good, per se, but I think he acted above the writing he was given.
1: What I would like to know is how much of the ending, when they took out, what was it, 2,000 at that point? A couple of thousand through the, or a couple of hundred. I can't remember how many. I think it was
0: like 800 or something.
1: Yeah, through the plane um using the CIA, because it appears like part of that actually did happen. I just, I don't know all of the specifics. But, again, I enjoyed, I know that I'm being harsh here. But, again, it's like, like I said, there's there's elements of this film that I think you have to be harsh about it. But there were elements that I did enjoy. But as an ending, I again, it's not knowing how much of it is based on reality. It kind of then... It's hard to know, like, okay, well, then how should you have told it? What should you have ended with and all that? I just, I didn't think it was quite as strong because maybe once again, now it's not just that it's the Israeli Mossad agents that are saving them, but also the American CIA has now stepped in as well to get them out. So it's it's once again, not about Ethiopians saving themselves, but them being saved by somebody else, which... Yeah, there was a measure of that that occurred, but it downplays how much that that on-the-ground rebel group did as well.
0: And not only that, I felt it was kind of a boring climax. Like, by that point, with uh, the colonel not essentially having, like, lived up to his threats, like, they became kind of like cartoon villains in, in that last bit. And when the big moment of tension for your movie is are we going to miss that tree or not? Like it was just, it, it was definitely missing something as far as even being a decent action movie is concerned, taking everything else away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So again, I being harsh here, but there were things that I did still like. And as much as I disliked the idea of it appearing, like it was primarily uh, the Israelis that helped. And then at the end the, the Americans, it is still nice seeing a film and you have to kind of, you know, reinforce this in your head where other nations are taking a uh, a stance to help people out as well. Mm-hmm. And so when you sit back and think, okay, yeah, maybe they're over exaggerating. Well, no maybe about it and maybe it is trying to put a far more positive spin again, not maybe, but okay. But the reality is, yeah, these Mossad agents did, in fact, help thousands, save thousands of lives. So it is nice seeing a film that is talking about other nations coming to try to help people in crisis. Because, again, we're seeing that now, and we're seeing those people in crisis being abandoned and then slaughtered, quite literally. So it's nice to see that aspect as well, even if not told accurately, at least it does. It, it's nice to to get that sense of people coming to each other's rescue to to help each other out.
0: Yeah, I just wish it was more deserving of yeah, it. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, any closing thoughts?
0: Um, not really. Like, it, that that's my thing. Like, we we can be really passionate about something we enjoy, and really passionate about something that we didn't enjoy. But something like this, it's just it was there i watched it i i I don't have strong feelings about it one way or another honestly
1: see and for me i did not not again as as harshly as many of the critics not at all and and while this may have sounded harsh again it's it's for the sake of pointing out parts that i thought could have been done far better or should have been done far better but it's not like i would tell people oh don't don't ever watch this. It would be, yeah. you, you can watch it if you want to see something interesting that'll make you want to find out more about something that happened in our history. And in that regard, because of that, I think that it is, it it's it's good to watch. It made me think of, I, I watched uh, an interview not that long ago with the, the damn it, now I'm not going to be able to remember who it was, but working on the, the film Tolkien. And because Mm -hmm. they were saying how it was not approved by the Tolkien family. Um, And they were saying that's how it should be. We're presenting a fictionalized film so that that has elements of his life enough so that it makes you curious about it to go watch actual documentaries, to read more about it and get the full real story about it. And that's what I took away from this as well. This is going to be popcorn, but it talks about something that is really freaking interesting that you're going to want to research a little bit more to see you know how fucked up history can be
0: i think that's actually a really good way of looking at it because i think i might have spent almost as much time reading up on the actual history of the event than i as i did watching the movie
1: same same i agree So that is going to wrap it up for tonight. Thank you very much for joining us, folks. You can get the show notes at popcornronin.com. And with that, we will see you next week.